Hi, this is a bonus Q&A episode. I try to go live every Thursday on the School for the Dogs Instagram account. If you would like to be alerted when I'm going to go live, or if you'd like to answer a question in advance, go to schoolforthedogs.com slash Q&A. Thanks for being here. Hi. Thanks for those of you who came to my little Instagram live demo just now with the adorable little Poppy. I hope that was helpful. I did have a couple questions uh, that came in that I wanted to, um, they wanted to answer. As always, I try and go live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you want to ask a question or want to be notified when I'm going live uh, on Instagram, just go to schoolforthedogs.com slash Q&A and you can submit a question or sign up to be notified. Oh, hi Duke. Nice to see you there. Um, Okay, so this question comes from, uh, I have two questions from uh, user Jim EVF. First one is, do you recommend taking your dog to daycare to improve his social skills? And in a word, no, (laughs) I don't. I'm all for uh, improving dog social skills, but I don't think daycare is the best place to, uh, for a dog to work on being social. Uh, I think you want to try and give your dog opportunities to have good social interactions with other dogs while you are around um, or at the very least while someone is paying close attention to your dog. Now um, perhaps there are some daycares uh, where they are doing a great job of paying close attention to every dog but in general my experience with dog daycares is they're a little bit more like they're, they're, they're too much like dog parking lots and um, it's not, uh, it's just, I don't think the best setup for dogs to really learn to interact with other dogs. What's more, um, uh, you know, your dog might have bad experiences there and you're not going to necessarily know about them. Um, years ago, I, I, we had like a kind of heartbreaking situation where a, a client of ours put um, put their dog in daycare because the dog had really severe separation anxiety. She had to go to work and it was just what she had to do. And, um, you know, anxieties can sometimes be like switching seats in the, on the Titanic. Like, okay, you know, the separation anxiety um, more or less went away uh, because the dog wasn't being left alone. But the dog developed... Um, a fear of uh, Hispanic men in hooded sweatshirts. I know it's a very specific kind of fear, um, but uh, my guess is there was a Hispanic man in a hooded sweatshirt at this dog daycare who did not, either didn't treat this dog well or this dog made some sort of um, misaligned connection with this person. And um, now the dog owner had this new and very real fear to contend with. Um, At School for the Dogs, we run drop-off day school 
which is kind of like um, the ideal form of dog daycare, I think. Uh, there's a ratio of um, one trainer for every three dogs. Sometimes it's one trainer for two dogs, and it's a half day, and they work the whole time. Um, they're doing training. They're uh, working um, on their socialization skills, whether that's being introduced to new objects, sometimes going to new places, but also just playing with each other in a supervised way um, with professionals who are looking on and then reporting back to the owners about what's going on. So I'm, I know that, you know, certainly um, that's kind of a luxury type of daycare, um, but it's what I think uh, all daycare should ideally be. Uh, if you are trying to socialize your dog during um, quarantine, uh, you know, see if you can find one other person that has a dog that can be your dog's friend. Um, and uh, you can either meet in each other's homes, uh, you can find like a sort of, you know, neutral, safe outdoor space, um, and uh, try and develop a relationship, or have your dog develop a relationship with even just one other dog. I think that that is um, the best kind of interactions for dogs are generally one-on-one. -on -one. And just to plug our new app, um, our community app, which you can uh, find in the App Store. You can get there also at schoolforthedogs.com slash community. One reason we started the app was to try and help people find like-minded dog owners in their area with whom they can plan um, playdates in order to help improve their social skills. Um, Jim EVF also says or asks, how do you deal with a dog who has trust issues? How do you introduce them to new people and to other dogs? Well, we talked a little bit just now about introducing them to dogs in general, and the more good dog-dog interactions your dog has, uh, the better your dog is going to get at, at being around other dogs in general. Same thing with people. And you know, I, I think that if you are there, if you're part of the interaction um, and your dog has good feelings and associations about you, that's only going to help your dog feel better in those, um, in those new situations because you're going to sort of become uh, – actually, I think I used this analogy in the Q&A last week, but I always think about it as like you are like – a tea bag of goodness and like the water that you're in with your dog <laughs> is going to be infused with all things you um so you know that's one reason that i love reward-based training because like even even if you're not particularly good at it and all that happens is like you're just giving a lot of treats to your dog well you know what your dog is still making good associations with you your dog is still like learning that the world that you bring your dog into is a good world and why because your dog is there with you um all right a couple more questions um <clears throat> coley underscore seven seven c-o-l-e-y-y underscore seven seven says do you have classes to become a trainer very good question. Uh, we are actually almost ready to launch our new professional course. 
the Born to Behave online uh, professional course. Um, and uh, so keep uh, keep up with what we're doing through our newsletter, through Instagram, Coley, um, so that we can let you know about it. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's been uh, an ongoing long-term group project that is finally coming to an end. And it's um, what's so cool is it's actually going to be free. It's all online. Uh, there are going to be several tiers, but the main tier... Oh, Coley is Coley's there. Hey, Coley. Um, <coughs> the main... The, the first tier, which is going to be free, um, is going to be totally online. And um, then there's going to be, uh, I believe, two tiers above that that have um, like more kind of one-on-one -on -one or, or group interactions. Um, and then we're going to be pulling from graduates of the program uh, to come do our full apprenticeship. Um, we've been running an apprenticeship program for usually like two trainers at a time. Um, for three or four years at School for the Dogs. A lot of our current trainers are actually graduates of our apprenticeship. Um, it's been a, a really wonderful program, frankly, for us because <laughs> it's how we've gotten a lot of our, our trainers. Um, and uh, we wanted to figure out a way that we could bring the apprenticeship to people who um, might not be in New York. And because a lot of it is was online anyway, we decided to put as much of it online as possible and um, sort of create this tiered system uh, where the final tier will be working hands-on with uh, us and our trainers at the studio. Um, unfortunately, right now it's a little hard to uh, have uh, apprentices be hands-on at our studio um, only because we're trying to keep um, things so small because of COVID. Uh, we're limiting how many people and how many dogs we can have in our studio at a time at the school. Um, but I'm hoping um, by the time we have some graduates of the online program, it will be easier. So definitely keep in touch, Coley. Um, if you have other questions about it, you can feel free to email me. Uh, my email is annie at schoolforthedogs.com. Um, oof, a couple more questions. Let's see if I can get to them all. Claire.and.loki says, after two years of willing crate training, my dog refuses to go in and when I want her to. Why? Why? Well, I don't know why. Um, could be any reason. Sounds like something, something happened to change your dog's feelings about the crate. Um, I would say start from scratch. Maybe even try getting a new crate um, to try and uh, acclimate her to um, to a new a, a new kind of enclosure. Um, as, a, as you might know, I'm a huge fan of the the Revel crate, which uh, is from Digs. We have it in our online store, or you can go to um, schoolforthedogs.com/digs. D-I-G-G-S. Uh, it opens up on three different sides um, which makes it like a really kind of nice airy enclosure for a dog um, so that might be a way to kind of help her feel like she's enclosed but not totally um, feed meals in the crate give lots of treats in the crate uh, spend time with your dog while she's in the crate um, do training 
with the dog in the crate. You know, that exercise I was just doing, um, teaching a snap with a sit is something you could absolutely do with a dog in a crate. So see if you can start from scratch teaching your dog that, um, that the crate is a good place to be. Oh, actually another thing, I'll just show, I have it right here. Another, hi dog cat. <coughs> Thanks for being here. Hi Gilby, love you. Uh, just because I happen to have it like within arm's reach, I was going to show you the, this is a groove, it's called. It's made by the people who make the, um, the Revol crate, the people at Diggs. And um, this one's a little bit dirty, but basically um, it's made to snap into the side of the, the Revol crate. Although I think you could use it really in any crate, um, but you like smear peanut butter, or cream cheese or dog food or whatever here, and then just like put it into the crate. I've been using this with Poppy. She loves it. Um, yeah, and she, you know, she'll go into the crate on her own. So I suggest having, make, try making the crate like a, a happy, nice place to be before you start leaving your dog alone in the crate. I can't read your dog's mind. I don't know why it happened, but just, you know, as, as with anything in training, uh, you can always start from the beginning. You can always start from scratch. Karen Pryor calls it going back to kindergarten. Um, the Lily Bug underscore says, how can I stop slash decrease uh, my dog from wanting to say hi to every dog that she sees? Um, well, you know, two main, two main answers to this. And, and again, when I answer these kinds of questions in this way, like, you know, I'm not getting a lot of information. I'm, this is, it's like a improv, <laughs> improv Q and A, improv answers, but I'm d doing my best, hoping I'm giving you a little bit of something helpful. Um, two things, one, try and create a, a new association with dogs approaching on the street. Um, I'm assuming this is happening when you're on the street. So that when you, um, when you see a dog coming, make sure that Lily, I'm assuming your dog's name is Lily, gets something delicious. Uh, and you know, you can give that delicious thing in the other direction from the dog so that, um, you're both creating an association, dog equals delicious thing, and you're kind of like getting your dog to go in away, away from the, the stimulus that you're um, trying to distract her from. Uh, and you're creating the habit of like, oh, I see another dog, that means I get peanut butter behind mom's leg or whatever. Um, the other thing is you wanna make sure your dog is getting a lot of really good off-leash uh, interactions with other dogs like we were talking about different ways to socialize your dog um, you know make sure that it's not like make sure that her social opportunities aren't just happening when she's on leash and you're walking down the street and you see another dog because um, you know if the only time of day your dog sees another dog is when they're out on the street on leash um, yeah, then obviously every other dog is going to become more exciting. But you know, I've had I've had clients, for instance, who come to our day school program or our schoolyard programs, with, where they're seeing their like dog friends over and over and over, and they say, you know, my dog is just not as interested on the street anymore, and I uh, uh, interested in other dogs on the street anymore. And the way I think of it, it's like, yeah, because like your dog already has friends, right? You're like, if if you never saw people except for the people that you saw out on the street, you'd probably be like awkward and excited or maybe scared or you'd have like weird feelings probably about the people you see on the street but because like you have friends that, that you interact with you know 
the people out on the street are not as like you're you're not as desperate for those like social interactions. Um, all right, I think I have one more one more question here. So many questions today. Love it. Thank you for all these wonderful questions. Um, if a Wally A Doodle says or asks if you're Training a puppy to pee or poop outside an apartment, should you still have wee-wee pads? Um, I think if you only want your dog to pee and poop outside and you never want your dog again to go inside, then you probably shouldn't have wee-wee pads. Um, you know, the longer, the longer the amount of time that your dog spends getting used to peeing on soft, square things on the ground, the more, the better your dog is going to be getting it, <laughs> peeing on soft square things on the ground inside, and then you have a dog who like is peeing on every bath mat that they see um, because they they've built that habit over a long period of time. Um, I mean, the exception being if you have a dog who really is very young and can't hold their pee enough, uh, long enough for you to be able to um, hold it for the when you're going to be taking the dog out, but. If your goal is to teach the dog to only go outside, then you really need to be getting your dog out a lot, a lot, a lot, giving your dog lots of opportunities to go in the right place. Um, that said, uh, I think it's totally fine to teach a dog to go both inside and outside, uh, even for the long run. I mean, if you have a smaller dog, maybe not such a great idea if you have like, a, I don't know, German Shepherd or a Great Dane. Um, but you can teach a dog that peeing and pooping in one specific area inside is okay. You can also teach a dog that peeing and pooping on a wee-wee pad when it's down is okay, but you shouldn't go on it when it's not down. And, um, you know, the, the, short, the short answer of how to do that is to bring them to the places you want them to go inside as if you were taking them on a walk um, at regular intervals. Um, you can even walk them there on a leash if you want. Um, give them a chance to go when they do go. Um, you know, praise, praise, praise. Give treats. Um, but uh, it certainly is possible to have a dog that um, can go both inside and outside. And, you know, especially if you're going to be traveling a lot with a dog, it can be really useful to have a dog that knows, you know, when there's a wee-wee pad down, that means I need to go there. Uh, it's just a cue. It's a cue like anything else. You know, being outside can become a cue for your dog to pee and poop. Being on grass outside can be a cue for your dog to pee and poop. Seeing a wee-wee pad can become a cue for your dog to pee and poop. All right. Thank you for joining me, you guys. I will um, try and be back here next week. Again, if you have a question that you'd like to send me in advance or if you would just like to be notified when I'm going to be going live, go to schoolforthedogs.com uh, slash Q and A. Bye.